Joey Newey. Hey, this is Josh Porter. And Jason Burkhardt, how you doing? Solar Coaster. <laughs> Solar Coaster. This is the Solar Coaster episode number 60. Solar Rockstars, Andrew Jakob, founder and CEO of Rayton Solar, is going to be on the show today. This is a heck of a company. Yeah, interesting conversation. They are looking at completely revamping the way we have been traditionally making solar cells, the yeah. actual little silicon modules that go inside your big solar module. Yeah, really exciting stuff. We get to talk about particle accelerators. We always love to talk about particle accelerators. Well, we're that's, just, that's, that's the fun gonna, thing is that they're we're actually say that word about a billion times on this show. Okay, <laughs> so, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, really excited about that. So, yeah, we got an amazing show coming up here, and uh, we're going to learn all about this new technology that has the opportunity to revolutionize uh, solar in our lives. And we mean that, and it's really the big, the big, the big topic here is that it can bring solar not just kind of in the in the modules but into all the different aspects of our lives this is what this has the potential that's, to do here so yeah that's 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 their key so stay tuned to listen to that yeah that's what's coming up around the corner so let's just jump right into our show today number 60 okay we are the solar coaster a renewable energy themed talk show right here in lovely maui county you can find us fridays at 105 p.m uh, and studio is koi 1110 a.m uh, and we're also on some fm stations 96.7 fm central maui 96.5 fm west side 98.7 FM up country. We got a great website, Jay. Is anything new happening over there today? Um, well, I'm going to post the last week's show. <laughs> I've got that <laughs> one happen. Uh, finally got it. That was in Sierra. Uh, no, that was, to, that was Michael, to, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was Michael and Sierra back from Sundrum. Actually, really, really good technology. If you're interested in getting more like thermal efficiency, if you have a pool, you, you want to look at the Sundrum technology. I mean, it's it's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, it's to, exciting stuff. It's exciting stuff. Yeah, just get get more, get more harvest more energy from the same amount of roof space. Uh, but go to www.solar-coaster.com. You can click there to listen live if you're out of the broadcast area. Uh, we do have a streaming link, although it's still not functioning. If you are interested in interning with the Solar Coaster, give us a call uh, or fill out the uh, the mailing list uh, request form down at the bottom of the page. Speaking of that mailing list and or question request form, uh, scroll down the bottom of the main home page and there's a big section right there. We've actually gotten guests and questions from this already, so thank you, listeners. Um, but go down there if you can't or I'm too embarrassed to call in during our actual show hours, we'll still get your question on the air and uh, and talk about it. So good yeah. stuff. Yeah, do that. Do that. That's good stuff for us. And, uh, you know, we won't delete it this time. So uh, sponsors. Oh. We got some great sponsors that have kept the Solar Coaster on air for 60 episodes, which is kind of unbelievable, really, in retrospect. Jason Verkart. Uh, Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonam Battery, Pika Energy, and Sundrum Solar. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for keeping the Solar Coaster on air. It's uh, It's been a heck of a ride. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we also are available on podcast networks, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. So if podcasts are your preferred audio consumption method, uh, you can download us there. Just search for Solar Coaster. You'll get our little SC yellow logo right away and or our picture and uh, take us anywhere you go. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, shall we jump into our news and events and get rock and rolling? It, it is news time. And originally, we thought it wasn't going to be a big news week. Uh, in fact, we were talking about, well, let's just talk about what would happen if the sun just disappeared. <laughs> that was that was the, the top of the, the top of the story. If the sun disappears, well, solar, how long solar, do we have? Solar, the solar, 
the solar industry would kind of end, right? I mean, that's a, <laughs> a lot of things. Humans, 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 humans would be okay for a couple. Uh, yeah. Hundred thousand so the sun's not going anywhere, folks. Don't worry about that. But, but the we sun's do have not going anywhere. <laughs> we do have a great yeah. article though on uh, perovskite solar, which is that uh, that I just love that word perovskite uh, hitting a new yep. efficiency uh, record of what is this? This is on Green Tech Media GTM go to source here. New efficiency record for perovskite solar. Can Oxford PV hit 30% by 2020? So they got up to about half a percentage point. Uh, for, right, where are they at? Uh, just with 26. 27.3 right now. Um, they do I mean, every so often. They just publish a new record, right? They they they've been able to fine tune these. And these are, this is this is not a commercially available cell that you can buy a module. Um, these are one offs in a laboratory. So it's laboratory experiments just to see how far they can push it. And of course, mm. these technologies eventually trickle down. The interesting thing about this is I've been talking about the perovskite stuff for a while. Yeah, it's um, But you, you can you can kind of tune the chemistry so that you can pick up certain wavelengths. And if you tune one layer to work on a certain wavelength and then tune the next layer down to work on a different leg length, you can take a, advantage of a wider um, band of the, the electromagnetic radiation the light the light coming down on right. your cell so it's so how they're actually pushing these efficiencies um they expect to be able to get to this 30 percent because the, the actual theoretical maximum for a um a silicon cell is actually 29 percent that's that's absolute reality um like total the total perfect world math mm -hmm. real, real realistically they don't think they'd ever get above 25 just because of the way manufacturing works um so, so that's the absolute maximum for, for real world. But they, because they're adding this other perovskite layer above the silicon base layer, mm -hmm. they're, able to, they're able to capture more photons. Right, right. And what we're learning here, of course, and we're going to be talking about soon, is that you know the, the more efficient we can get, the, the, the more we can do with these, uh, these cells, right? And so uh, we can work right. in uh, smaller uh, applications, for example, like on a cell phone or yep. something maybe. So, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting to see that there's some c continued movement uh, up, and we're going to hear about different types of approaches shortly, right? So uh, there's another right. one well, here. pretty much the whole show. <laughs> it is the whole show. It's different kinds of PV. So let's talk about this other one. This one is kind of one that has come up uh, quite a bit, too, but it's, we're talking Talking about this is in sciencemag.org. Back to those transparent PV cells, those transparent cells that uh, could be on buildings, like building. I guess you'd call them BIPVs, right? Building integrated photovoltaic. Is that what this is what we're talking yep. about? Yep. So there, um, there, there's some new stuff happening here. Some, you know, um, they talk about a couple of different types of uh, of approaches and different efficiencies we can get out of it. Where are they at right now, Jay? I think they're pretty, pretty inefficient, right? Uh, okay. Well, this, this, the, the main topic of this particular article in Science Magazine was the fact that that um, researchers at Michigan State University have reached an efficiency of five percent. Well, <laughs> it doesn't sound that great. But when you think about it, the, the window, the glass that they've applied this organic photovoltaic material to remains transparent, like a regular window. I think I'm going to have to correct you on that one, Jay. That's 0.5%. No, it's 5%. Michigan State University is. Lansing reports yeah. that it's in materials develop a UV-absorbing perovskite window with an efficiency of 0.5%. Oh, that's too bad because down low, down below, it says infrared absorbing cell with efficiency of five. I think your, I, th I think your, I think your uh, browser is giving you wrong characters. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway, 0.5 wouldn't be much to talk about, but the five percent is actually, I mean, it's not terrible. The issue is that when we talked about this last, um, when you put in, there was a layering technique. They were taking regular glass and then layering on our existing kind of silicon or boron based. Mm -hmm. um, 
PV uh, material, even the perovskite stuff you can spray on. Uh, and but it would it would really really tint the glass, and it's kind of an odd looking tint. It's an orange brown right, looking color. thing, and mm. yeah, it was an unusual color that I don't think you really want to live with in a building. These glasses, this glass that they're pulling out of the lab in Michigan State University are completely transparent. It looks like a normal piece of glass. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool for me. I do not know if it's edge edge harvesting. I mean, it, it must be because I don't see any lines um, conducting. Right, right. That was that was the, across the, the, the actual uh, uh, collectors or the silicon is in the edge of the transparent glass. That was the a, that was a cup, that was Correct. the type that we were reading about before. Right. So you're not sure if that's actually right. how this is operating here. Yeah, and that and that and that may be part of it too. If you're thinking that that the efficiencies are smaller, it's because it is only harvesting from the edge of the glass, not the whole glass it's a lot less surface. Real so you'd actually have to have like lots of lots of small glass tiles as opposed to one mm. nice big plate glass mm. window. Mm. Uh, but still, the fact that you can have transparent glass and still harvest from it—that's really really cool. And and if we could take a advantage of all of the southern facing buildings in like the northern part of the continental United States. I mean, that's that's it's a significant amount of real estate. Yeah. I mean, it's stuff that we would it's it's real estate that's never been tapped before. Right. So anything right, we can get right. is kind of, I guess, the, the the order of the day. Right. So that's exciting. Um, why don't we move over to uh, what's going on with uh, with Mr. Musk, our buddy. He's oh, got a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> we got kind of like a one-two punch here, like a oh no for Musk, and then a oh cool for Musk. That's kind of his story, right? It's always right. like that. It's like it's, yeah, it's all going yeah. south. And then, well, he's under the mic. He's under the microscope constantly. We actually need to get him on the show and have a conversation about that because it's really <laughs> just really been a rough Jay. ride. Just around the corner. <laughs> rough ride. <laughs> yep. Um, so uh, for five years, and well, five years ago, Solar City ruled rooftop solar, right? I mean, they they just were the big installer. On yeah. mainland, and yeah, duking it out Tesla with Sunrun and Vivint, yeah, yeah, right, right. And Tesla bought them to have a uh, rooftop <clears throat> installer arm to go along with their new solar roof product and all the, the all these things. But in in doing so, they shut down all the um, Solar City actual established like the real the real retail locations they severed ties with the home depot thing which was actually um how they were getting in front of a lot of folks uh and and they cut a lot of workforce well, some workforce moved over to the tesla uh places the, the tesla locations and we met some of those fellows cars. out in california you know, actually, actually did. guys that yeah, just that, come that, over the gentleman we met still still had solar city on his laptop right. they hadn't <laughs> changed the logos they yet changed the contracts yet. Yeah. right yeah. yeah um yeah no it seems like the long play right i mean they're they, they all, all they just been calling down calling down calling down and uh you know it, this, when, one of the things that i found interesting is you know they get rid of their door knockers on the solar city side they um that happened early right that was a while back yeah and yeah. and, yeah, and of course just, they lose market share significant market share. There's a graph down here in this article that talks about the uh the amount of um, megawatts of, of capacity installed for solar city over from 2013 to 2018 and it's basically like a little mountain and it just kind of collapses plunged, back down plunged to 62 percent yeah yeah but i mean then they you know they have the home depot relationship and they talk about what it costs i think it all comes down to that they talk about what it costs typical client this is something you can really speak to right i mean yeah. as an installer you know what this what this yeah. really means to you well 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 yeah i mean I, you know they're talking about cost to client acquisition and you know with with solar yep. city it was somewhere in the $4500 range which kind of surprised me because the, the numbers in the back of my mind were about $3500 nationally but $4500 mm -hmm. so that means that in order to get a client in the door and process a job and maybe it's a 30 or 40000 solar job that there's a $4500 cost to client acquisition for solar city that's high right now home depot yeah. is at 7 grand so i guess 
guess it's the partnership, right? So they cost seven grand to get. That's like not a. That's not a. Doesn't sound like a profitable margin, you know, preservation kind of relationship there. And so what they're doing mm-hmm. is they've already got brick and mortar in Tesla, and they're saying, hey, let's sell out of these stores, and uh, and reduce, you know, probably immensely that cost of client acquisition because we've already got the clients, we've already got the brand recognition, we got the cachet, we have the brick and mortar already invested on the on the car side. So let's start selling out of these stores. And uh, you know, I guess that's right. kind of the long play. If they can reduce that cost of client acquisition, then they're playing a different game than Sunrun and Vivint and everybody else. Uh, when they get there, but when are they going to get there? <laughs> you know, when yeah, when are they when are they going to rebound? Some of it's uh, that they, some people are looking at it and saying they may never get there. <laughs> I mean, it's really yeah. To, to, to get back to, to get back to the levels they previously had uh, is going to take a turn of fortune that that just I don't I don't see. Well, I'm pulling for them. The last thing I want to do is I want to hear is that these guys are not going to uh, make it. I mean, but I, you know, it's it's it really is a question of when um, if they can do it quick enough. Is when, it's kind of what I'm well, saying. Well, they need they need they need to be able to sell some more solar roof product, and I haven't seen a lot of news in that regard right. at all. Right, and ever. they got and you know and you know <laughs> frankly the uh, the Tesla Powerwall. I've read a couple articles. It's not in our article list here, but because of the demand for the cars, I understand that the, the getting a Tesla Powerwall is is quite a challenging thing right now. So that's a that's oh, they're a, simply not making enough of them. Right. right. So, they're having pulling out all the stops to make the Model Three production yeah. meet expectations, which they're still having a hard time right. doing. And this article but, literally said, you know, it, while this demand is there for Model Three, we're simply not going to be able to stock for power walls. I mean, that's what that article. I, I, I should I should have that available to us now, but it's out there. Yeah. So if I mean, you got the problem on the storage side, you got the problem on the the roof is it, it's taking some time. Uh, you know, they once those things come together, I guess they have a chance at really doing something exciting. I just I you know hope they make it right. Right. Sure. Okay, so what's cool? So, the cool stuff. Now let's though. go. To, let's go. Let's go to the cool news, right? Um, if you remember, the Tesla semi truck reveal was a number of months back. Now uh, we've actually had sightings of them on the roads. They're doing some crazy stuff out there. Uh, but at the very end of that presentation, oh, they gosh. just flashed up this concept image gosh. of what 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 the Tesla pickup truck. Yes, all your ears just perked up Maui. <laughs> Maui, right? <laughs> the Tesla pickup truck would look like, unfortunately, it looks like something that you would see out of, like, Battlestar Galactic. Well, it's to- not yeah, a tr- total not concept, a truck, right? Not a truck I would want. It looks like something you'd be bopping around Mars with. I mean, you know, yeah, right. You know, for sure. I mean, from Maui, I mean, could the Tesla, in whatever form it takes, could it could it uh, supplant the uh, the the Tacoma, Tacoma, which is kind of like the standard uh, car well, that's, of Maui? Well, that's the funny thing is that the size of this pickup truck here, it looks like it. I mean, the Tacoma, the Tacoma would fit in the back of the bed of right. this pickup. But that's, so I mean, in Maui, you know, it's like the big truck. Like, yeah, we're a like big truck car. country here. The but, big truck county. Yeah, Everyone exactly. Exactly. So um, let's read some of the stats. So the Ford one, the Ford one was announced, and then a couple months back, it turned out that no, we're in fact that's going to be a hybrid. So that's unfortunate. It's not going to be an electric vehicle, per se. Oh, Ford uh, plug-in hybrid for the Ford one, um, which is coming next year, huh. but uh, 2020 model year. But um, this Tesla will, of course, be 100% electric. Now. Musk has gone on to Twitter. He's always on Twitter. If you, if you look him up, it's at uh, Elon Musk, E-L-O-N-M-U-S-K. You can always send him a note. But he's actually been really active uh, soliciting requests from the truck going public. Mm-hmm. To, to, what, what would you want out of this thing? And it's, it's, we've got a lot of information about what the, the truck would actually look like. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be big. It's going to be a six-seater. Uh, said that the, the the seats will fit Andre the Giant was one comment that he made, <laughs> which is which 
is which is i mean that guy was seven feet tall you know he's, he's a big guy <laughs> so that's 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 kind of cool but 400 four to 500 mile range maybe higher because yeah. there's a lot of space for battery in these in these truck frames <laughs> um and and it'll be able to pull a lot but also fun kind of fun interesting things is that it won't look tesla e right he's, he's very much It'll a fan a... of the old bronco and this is stuff yeah, like, like modeled like that so it's going to look like a pickup truck which is awesome um they're gonna have lockers for the wheels now i'm not sure if it's just rear or all wheel but um off-roading distinct possibility uh just a lot of interesting things but if you have a request uh for what you want the tesla pickup to look like or have features for uh they've already accepted requests from like it's, it's got pneumatic suspension and somebody exciting, asked for exciting. a pneumatic port for for tools so because the system's already on board why not you said yeah sure so done <laughs> okay uh, that, well let's uh that, there's some really kind of cool it's definitely things. good yeah it's it's good to see those uh those bullet points out there and it's definitely exciting to see this we're running a little behind sketch here let's just um you know breeze right through our hawaii side get into our commercials and then we got a uh, we got uh, andrew coming in from rayton so um basically Basically, okay. over here in Hawaii, we uh, there's a great article. Check it out. We won't go into too much detail right now, but a Hawaii News Now picked it up, which is always nice to see them discussing, you know, renewable stuff. And it's desalinization has largely been abandoned, has largely been abandoned in Hawaii, but that's about to change. That's talking about that grant that we got from the feds or from NREL at 1.9 million dollars. Yeah, we we announced we announced yep. the end of last show that we got we hope the state we as the state of Hawaii had gotten a 1.9 million dollar grant from the U.S. to research new. Um, solar desalinization methods yep. uh, this is of course going on in oahu um, but it's it's a way to diversify the water um just yeah our sources very valuable of fresh water for us out here because because water water is the new oil is Water's one of those oil. Um, <laughs> so ch check that <laughs> out <laughs> the water water is expensive here so yeah, yeah it makes a lot of sense to put this in but it's it is all, all solar technology based which is really interesting check that out folks and then why don't we wrap it right there jay and get into our commercials and give uh we're looking forward to get a hold of uh andrew Jacob coming in from rate and solar uh and we'll hear from okay. him shortly Aloha and welcome to Maui Solar Project. It is easy to feel rejuvenated just stepping outside on a magnificent Hawaiian day. Maui Solar Project is here to help harness that energy you feel in your body and use it to power your homes and businesses. As Laura tells us, Maui harnessed the sun so as to slow its path across the sky. Join Maui Solar Project as we harness the sun's energy and slow Hawaii's dependence on fossil fuels. Call Maui Solar Project at 269-2352. MauiSolarProject.org. Tsubuchi Electric, a leading worldwide inverter manufacturer, presents the second generation of the eco-intelligent battery system, the IBIS. Tsubuchi's grid-friendly system includes a high-efficiency inverter, stackable batteries, and integration with Jelly software for the most adaptable battery storage system on the market. The system is optimized for energy management and cost performance. Maximize your solar investment with Tsubuchi's electric eco-intelligent battery system. The Sonin Batter Eco is an energy storage solution that utilizes intelligent energy management software. The system is available in a variety of storage capacities and allows for expansion. Sonin Battery Eco allows you to save money by harvesting energy from your solar PV system and using that stored energy when rates are more expensive. Sonin Battery Eco is specifically designed to provide you and your family peace of mind in the event of power outage. Our unique power detection system will sense outages in real time and automatically switch over to battery power. See Sonin Battery Eco at sonin-battery.com. 
MIT founded Pika Energy, makers of the Pika Energy Island, a smart energy management system that uses solar panels, lithium batteries, and intelligence to manage your energy and keep you powered even during outages. With a clean, intelligent alternative to grid power, you're in control of your energy future. Pika's Energy Island lets you manage electrical costs with HECO-ready self-supply functions. Pika's largest battery, the Harbor Plus, offers 16 kilowatt hours of stored energy and can power loads of up to 10 kilowatts. And if you need more capacity, just add a second or even third Harbor Smart battery to the same system for a maximum of 48 kilowatt hours of usable storage. Pika Energy, own your power. To learn more, visit pika-energy.com. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system, combined photovoltaic and thermal, holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. All right, those were our great sponsors that have kept us on air. Thank you so much, everybody, for all your support. Uh, we've got an amazing show here uh, today, uh, Jay. And we have Mr. Uh, Andrew Jacob calling in from Rate and Solar. Andrew, are you on the line? Can you hear us? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, thanks so much for holding there. We really appreciate it. We're looking forward for to sure, uh, yeah. talking to you. Um, so welcome to the Solar Coaster, uh, Andrew. Um, Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So, Andrew, tell us a little bit about, uh, about uh, Rayton. And, you know, can you give us a little bit of background on this, this amazing company of yours and kind of how things got started? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm Andrew Jacob, CEO and founder of Rayton Solar. Um, I started this company about six years ago, and the idea back then was to create a form of manufacturing solar panels uh, such that we don't need grant money uh, to do solar installations. Gotcha. Right. Okay. The idea was to bring down the cost uh, of the module itself. Uh, and I have a, a background in engineering and physics, uh, so it was easy to identify uh, kind of like a, a, a loss in the manufacturing process. Right, so, so the methods of, of creating a solar, a solar panel came from the semiconductor industry. And it was kind of like a hobby for the semiconductor companies. You know, it started with Bell Laboratories in the 50s, but um, you know, it never really took off until about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so the methods for making a solar panel were made for semiconductors. Uh, with a semiconductor, you have a very small piece of material that you can sell for a large cost, right? So think of the, the uh, processor in your smartphone, right? Uh, so with solar, it's just a completely different application um, where you need to cover, you know, hundreds of square miles uh, in this semiconductor material. Mm-hmm. So manufacturing methods are, are need to be different inherently uh, to make solar affordable. So, so that's where the idea came from. Okay, okay. So we're really talking about, you know, just changing the manufacturing process and, and, and turning it into something completely different here. So, you know, you came up with uh, a very exciting kind of prospect here. Uh, what is yeah. the specific uh, process? Of course, we're so excited to use the word particle accelerator. Anytime we can use particle <laughs> accelerator, we get jazzed. Yeah. So what's the, what's the, what's the, the, the meat of this here? Yeah, well, the meat is a particle accelerator. I'll, I'll use the word there. Um, basically, we replace a method uh, in the manufacturing process, and, and the way they do it now is they use a saw mm-hmm. to cut out um, wafers from an ingot. So an ingot is just a big chunk of semiconductor material. Um, in the case of monocrystalline silicon, it's, it's silicon. Okay. Um, yeah. And so when they cut out wafers from the ingot, they lose about half of the material, the expensive material, uh, due to sawdust. 
and they're also limited. Right. They can't go thinner than 200 microns. Um, so we've replaced this sawing technique with a particle accelerator, uh, and there's no waste because there's no sawing. So we implant protons into the semiconductor material, and then it allows us to remove a very, very thin piece, a 2-micron piece. Two microns. As opposed to a 200 micron piece. So one hundredth so, the, the thickness of a traditional yeah, solar wafer. Exactly. So, so we're reducing the thickness and we're eliminating the waste in the sawing process. Gotcha. gotcha. Okay. So and just for the sake of our listeners here, you said a word ingot. And if, I'm, if I understand correctly, an ingot is this, you, you, you know, you put the silicon and the various ingredients into basically a, uh, a little, like a, like, a, like a stove or an oven kind of thing. And then you pull out crucible. a long crucible. We'll use the word crucible correctly, right? <laughs> and then you, you pull out crucible. kind of a long, almost like a candle out of like a, like a long kind of candle looking cylindrical kind of uh, uh, yeah. uh, form. And then you slice that almost like a deli meat or something, right? Traditionally, it's been with a yeah. saw, yeah. and now we're talking about using this particle accelerator and getting a very, very thin wafer and creating efficiencies, right? We should say manufacturing efficiencies. Is that, that about is that about sum it up? That sums it up. And, and uh, you know, this this, um, this candle that you're pulling out of the crucible, right, uh, the expense comes in keeping it at that temperature. It has to be over 1,000 degrees Celsius, and it takes weeks to a month to actually grow this crystal, this big chunk of crystal. Oh, okay. So that's where the cost comes in. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it takes weeks or a month to grow that crystal. Is it the same for your tech for your your process? Does it take also the same time yeah, period? Yeah, that that component has not changed, right? Okay. So we same method of growing the the ingot, mm-hmm. and then now we take the ingot, and then our then our process comes in, and then we salvage you know more than fifty percent of the ingot gotcha. as opposed to previous methods, and we get a hundred times uh, more yield also by going thinner. Hundred times more yield. Okay, and then the type. Right, you're, of, get, you're getting you're getting more pieces because they are thinner and also not blowing off as much to, to the material that would have been thrown off by the saw, right? Yeah. Right. That's right. Okay. But we're also using a different type of uh, of material, right? Is, is gallium arsenide is your kind of vocal point? Can mm-hmm. you explain that to us? Well, if, yeah. So you know, we, we actually started out looking at silicon, uh, but then of yeah. course the markets had in back. So we started in 2012. And since that time, it's been about six years, uh, the Chinese market really, really took off, and, and they pushed silicon tremendously. So the prices of silicon have come down a lot, right? Um, so now we're actually mm-hmm. getting silicon uh, at a very low cost, but it's, it's polysilicon. It's not high efficient. You know, the maximum right now on the market is around 19% efficiency with, with polysilicon uh, coming in mm-hmm. from Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we've done at Rayton is we've realized that Okay, our our, um, our key benefit comes from you know salvaging a lot of very expensive material, right? So we can right. take our same exact process that we created for silicon and just change the material that we implant, change it to gallium arsenide, uh, and now we can make these gallium arsenide wafers that allow. So um, a gallium arsenide solar cell uh, has the record efficiency for a single junction uh, solar cell conversion at twenty nine percent conversion efficiency. So we can create wafers where you can grow these uh, gallium arsenide solar cells on uh, and reduce the cost of that. So now we're going to even higher efficiency uh, than silicon is capable of. Got it. Got it. So so using that um, that higher efficiency uh, type rather than silicon itself, rather than conventional polysilicon, you're able to create more value effectively with the, with this with saving on the uh, on the on the separation process as well as the um, uh, you know the, the overall method. So okay. So but that type of solar is that, how, that's how, not, is what is that used for? One, I mean, yeah. Good. Yeah. 
No, oh, just one real quick yeah. question. So, so silicon, although, although it's um, expensive to produce this um, crystalline um, ingot, um, it's it's widely available. So the gallium arsenide is how how available is that in in the industry? Yeah. And can you just well, buy the, it? Like the sand, 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 sand is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so gallium arsenide is in your iPhone, right? It's actually used for radio frequency switches. Um, mm. So. It's, these wafers are not just used for uh, solar cell; they're also used for a lot of semiconductor applications. Mm. Um, it has has better properties than silicon um, for certain things like uh, voltage and high frequency switches. Um, but the world supply of gallium arsenide is around six hundred and fifty million dollars a year of these wafers of, of gallium arsenide wafers. And in terms of solar cells, there's only two companies that I know of right now making gallium arsenide solar cells. And the use right now is for, you know, kind of niche applications, uh, drones, things that require high power and light weight. Right. Right. So actually, we just got a comment in online from uh, from from Lloyd asking, OK, we want to get down to the nitty gritty here. What is this used for? And I think we're just about to hit that. So what are the what are the primary applications for this type of, uh, of a solar yeah. solar cell? Yeah. So right now it's just drones. Um, that's the main market right now. But we see a serious um, – there are companies looking at seriously putting putting gallium arsenide on the top of electric cars. And, and one of those companies is Audi. Audi has been uh, looking at this um, from a very serious research perspective. Um, and so if you do the math, right, you have 29% or let's say we'll call it 27% efficiency of the gallium arsenide, and you put it on top of a car. And we actually – took a 3D model uh, of a Tesla and mm-hmm. then ran the math, figured out how much surface area there is. Uh, so with 27% efficiency, and you just coat the you know, the up-facing surfaces of the car with this flexible, high-efficient solar cell, yeah. uh, you can get about 35 miles per day of extra range. 35 uh, miles per day of extra range. Okay, that's what we're talking about here. Now, that's pretty yeah. exciting for people that are driving Teslas around Maui. That's right. And, and uh, you know, the average commute is 30 miles a day. So essentially, you can eliminate everyone's average commute if they have solar on the top of their electric car. There you go. Wow, wow. And then are there so other applications? you're applications? willing to park it in the sun. <laughs> right. You have to park in the sun. That's the only caveat. <laughs> the solar carports are going to be avoided. We'll have a bunch of electric vehicles parking away from the carports. Away from the right? carport. Right. I see, I you see. Know, and you can also actually, you can actually put the solar on the carport. If, you, if you're concerned about, you know, putting it on the car, you can put it on the carport because the carport's also limited in real estate. So right. going to high efficiency for the carports would make sense. Right, right. Okay, okay. Interesting uh, opportunity there as well. So what are some of the challenges here? I mean, what, if this is uh, so great, this is amazing, what, why, why hasn't it happened before? Are there, do you have specific mm-hmm. patents or, or technologies that are going to kind of help you guys uh, take the lead in this? What, what, what's, what's, what's the unique, what's the special sauce? Oh, special sauce is particle accelerator. And, um, you know, we do have some IP, but I think this just never really took off because the, uh, you know, there was no need. Uh, and, and the price of gallium arsenide, right, it, it all lies in the, the wafer cost of the gallium arsenide. Mm-hmm. So essentially what we could do at Rayton Solar is we could take a $100 wafer, right, and from that 600 micron thick wafer, we can get out, you know, between 200 and 300 two micron pieces, and mm-hmm. we put that on a less expensive substrate. And so once you have that, then you have to go through um, some more machining, which is an LCBD machine, to grow your active solar junction on top of that. Okay. 
that's the, what transfers the electrons once they're harvested, yeah? Uh, th that is the actual absorber. Oh, okay. The, for the sunlight. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you, you grow, you, you have to start with the gallium arsenide wafer and you grow, you know, other layers that are all gallium based on top of that to create an active solar cell that's you know, oh, 27 okay. to 29% efficient. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and so, um, yeah, you know, this, this, these MOCBD machines, they're kind of just becoming very, very at the commercial stage, right? Now, you just said MOCVB, right? Can you explain what that is? Yeah, it stands for Metal Organic Chemical Vapor Deposition. Okay. And so, basically, you take uh, chemicals in a gas form and you put them in a vacuum at a very high temperature, and then whatever substrate you have in there, they will form a, a crystal structure to match that substrate. Okay, did you get that, Jay? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you got I, it. I'm, 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 I'm aware of the process. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So this is your. I mean, this is what you're trying to achieve here. This is this unique um, uh, time. You said there was a need. There's a need for it now, which is kind of one of the main drivers. There's the value proposition, being able to take those that 600 micron thick uh, wafer and, and and cut it down and, and be able to really create some value there. So um, that's that's kind of where we're at with this. Um, now, what from a business case, you were you were able to do quite a bit. Uh, you, you, you partnered up with Bill Nye. There's an amazing video out there. You got this great crowdfunding campaign. You, you got a bunch of money. You actually, it sounds to me like you're actually, you got your particle accelerator. I mean, how, where are things at now with your business? Yeah, so we, we did crowdfunding, and it was a great, great campaign, and we thank everyone that participated in that. Uh, we raised about $5.4 million from that. And that was enough. Which is, which is a big out. number for crowdfunding. <laughs> I was, I was it in is, shock. Yeah, it is. It's a big number. We hit our goal. Our goal was about $5 million. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it allowed us to go out and purchase this, this particle accelerator. And so we did that about a year ago. We ordered it, and it, right now it's currently in the factory being tested. So you so have it's, a it's undergoing factory acceptance testing right now, and we're hoping to get it to our, our we have a location in Santa Monica, Los Angeles. Uh, we're hoping to take take possession of it uh, later this year. So you've got your you've got your very own particle accelerator. Now that's an exciting thing to be able to say to anybody. Right. You can just kind of throw that yeah, out in a bar somewhere. <laughs> hey, you want to come <laughs> see my particle accelerator? <laughs> we have one, but the four thousand two hundred people that invested in the company, they also own a piece of it. Oh, so they all can say that. <laughs> That's so we can all say it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Jay and I were talking about um, the uh, the particle accelerators in Ghostbusters and how you don't want to well, cross it, it, the eventually, streams. Yeah, eventually, yeah. <laughs> so if you get two of them. <laughs> Yeah, eventually you're going to have two of these things, and and what does if happen could, if you cross yeah, the street? Yeah, if I could put it on my back, I, I would. <laughs> well, how big is a part? How big is it actually? It's a great. That's a great. That's a kind of an interesting point, right? So, is it something huge? Are you in a? Is it a massive kind of thing? Or? Uh, think of something the size of an MRI machine. All life as you know it stopping instantaneously, and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total tonic reversal. <laughs> don't cross the streams. Uh, who is that? Okay, please, yeah, please don't try it. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> what was the size? What was the size of it again? Um, something the size of an MRI machine. Okay. Okay. Like a like a twelve foot conference table. It's about it's about that size. So back in 1985 or whenever Ghostbusters was out and they had those particle starters in their back, they were being a little ambitious. They're not actually that big. That <laughs> <Side> small. <laughs> well, you know, it all really depends on. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna get sciencey here for a second. Okay. Right? Hopefully not like burst your bubbles, but um, it depends on the energy level, right? Mm. So our, our energy level is 300 kiloelectron volts. Um, that's 300,000 volts. 
but everybody that has ever had a CRT monitor or an old TV uh, before there were LCD TVs actually owned a particle accelerator. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah, CRT yep. monitors. The particle, the particle um, was an electron, but yes. <laughs> yeah, electrons are, are particles, so they would, you know, yep. what it would be is just a voltage chamber uh, that accelerates electrons to the screen. Yep. <laughs> okay, so we all had Very access fun. to those back in the CRT <laughs> days. Yeah, but yeah. now that's all gone. <laughs> yeah, now it's anyway. LCD. <laughs> yeah, too bad. So yours is 300,000 uh, volts. Is that what I heard correctly? Is, did I hear that correctly? That's right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and then the, and then that and how is it? I mean, did we talk about this? We, we we did talk about how it's used, but I mean, I I saw some graphs and they kind of, but but I mean, what's what's the process like? I mean, are you is it is there something else you can tell us about how that actually functions? Um, how the accelerator functions? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, um, basically, the goal the the main goal is to put protons into a semiconductor material. We just wanna we just wanna hit this material in our case, gallium arsenide, uh, with protons and enough protons uh, such that it creates a, a weakness in the crystal lattice, right? So that's that's the goal. We just want to shoot protons at uh, the semiconductor material. Got it, got it. Um, so we do that by, you know, a proton has a charge, a positive charge. So if you put a proton in an electric field that has a negative charge, it will accelerate. Mm -hmm. And that's all we're doing in a vacuum chamber is we're just putting protons into an electric field. Uh, then they go down a vacuum tube, and then we manipulate them with some magnets, and then they hit the target. And then you cleave off a nice, clean, two-micron-thick gallium arsenide wafer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. That's right. All right. So, um, in can order, you, can you define that for our listeners? I mean, exactly how thin are we talking? I mean, we, when you look microns? at solar panels now, they're all pretty thin. Uh, but what, what is what is two microns for your average? Human hair. Human hairs go oh. from ten microns to hundred microns thick. So we're looking okay. at one. So fifth. ten times thinner than one your hair. One fifth the thinnest human hair. A tenth yeah. the thickness of the thinnest human hair, as we just said, right? Wow. So, yep. okay, okay. And then, so what does it take for this business to be, to, what, what, is this, what does it take for this business to knock it out of the park, to be kind of the dominant player in this field, to emerge and be a successful uh, organization? What, what, what do you see happening? What's the business case here? And when, and when will it happen? Yeah, so we're, you know, we're in the late stages of, of prototyping right now. And when we get this machine this year, that'll be the last stage of prototyping. Uh, and we plan to actually be in commercial production next year, uh, in 2019. Probably Q3 or Q4 of 2019. Um, and these are, of course, projections. Mm -hmm. uh, so what we, what we plan to do is manufacture around 70,000 wafers uh, a month. And so with those, um, with those numbers, right, uh, we're just predicting about $50 million a year in revenue. And okay. initially, what we plan to do is sell, uh, just sell the wafers, right? It's it's a really really quick path to revenue for us, um, so we can mm -hmm. put gallium arsenide on a substrate and just sell those wafers to the semiconductor industry. Uh, and we do plan to make our own solar cells with that same with those same wafers in the future. Oh, I see. So your your initial clients are not necessarily going to be this, the the solar. The, it'll be the semiconductor business, not necessarily That's the right. solar. Oh, I That's see. Right. Okay. And then at the same yeah. time, you'll move into production of the cells for the solar business. Yeah. Yeah, that is correct. Gotcha. Gotcha. So your initial clientele would be what, like semiconductor companies, I guess. Right. That's kind of what you're looking at. And then mm -hmm. later on down the road, you get your 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 solar production together. Who would you sell those kinds of solar cells to? 
Uh, ideally, electric car companies or uh, electronic companies. Uh, basically, our goal is to take take anything that has a battery in it and mm. pair that up with a solar cell. That that is our goal. Okay, so uh, we're talking iPads, iPhones. We're talking mm-hmm. uh, your your desktop computer, your your notebook computer, your laptop, your Kindle. All, I mean, everything out there, right? I mean, uh, yeah. I think, I think one of the there, interesting yeah. things that we haven't really touched on is that because this material is so thin, right? You've actually got a significant amount of flexibility to it, right? So, mm-hmm. so when you think about yeah. a traditional solar panel, it's it's flat and rigid, um, but that doesn't necessarily need to be the case with these with these gallium arsenide super thin cells, correct? Yeah. Um, it unlocks, you know, areas that are pre- uh, prevented by the, the um, form factor of thick, rigid silicon. So are you, right? saying, so for, so are you saying that you can these can wrap and bend? Is that what I'm hearing? They can, yeah, because, because yes. they're so thin, they can, <laughs> they can be bent, you can wrap them around, you can curve it to a surface, uh, and they're lightweight, high efficient. Right. So then, yeah, I can I, I can think of all sorts of fun stuff. Like, I mean, you, if you could wrap your iPhone, that was actually one of the pictures on your website that yeah, I absolutely love. Yeah. Was just, just the, 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 the solar the solar panel wrapped phone. It makes makes perfect sense to me. If you could just leave your phone on the dash for a few minutes and get a couple points of charge, um, yeah, it, it's a no brainer. I mean, <laughs> it, we're predicting uh, two point seven hours to fully charge your phone uh, in direct sunlight. Wow. So if you're you know if you're at your office, you're not in direct sunlight, but there's still going to be light, ambient light. Nobody works in complete mm-hmm. darkness, right? Um, so um, you, well, know, you just okay. throw, it, throw it on your desk. It's sitting there. It's charging. You're sitting there for eight hours, so you'll get a, a good amount of charge. And what this really does is right. it uh, extends the life of the battery. Mm-hmm. So really significant extends the life, the actual longevity of the battery, because you're not getting this kind of major discharge and recharge uh, you know, over time. Is that what you're saying? No, the, um, the, the actual a, amount of energy. Oh, like the fast. life in a day, right? Okay, so yeah, yeah you just kind of get the amount of time that you can run your gotcha device. Gotcha. Okay, okay. So this could really uh, be a you know game changer for us for pe- people that are out carrying. I carry these cords around with me like crazy. I'm kind of notorious right. for abusing my batteries. Jay knows all about it. So it's like this thing where we're constantly looking for a charge, and it could become you know, maybe something uh, you know in the past. Maybe it's not the, something we're we're so we're so worried about it. We're so what is we're it? Just, charge anxiety for, for every all for of our devices. Sun, looking for some light instead of looking for an outlet. Sure. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's the, exciting. The sunny side of the sunny side of the airport lounge all of a sudden becomes the preferred seating. Everyone's out there. They're not looking for an outlet anymore. They're just trying to get in the sun. I love it. I love yeah, it. I love it. So this is the future that you see, Andrew uh, Jacob, from uh, Rate and Solar. You're you're really talking about bringing or kind of diversifying the uh, the application of solar uh, solar uh, co- you know collecting solar energy for all of our devices in our lives. I mean, that's a pretty exciting thing that you're working on. That's right. Yeah, and you know, as the world the world is just getting more and more devices. Um, the amount of energy that they use really adds up quickly. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, well, okay. So, I think we've got a, got our handle a handle on kind of what the basic uh, strategy is here. What your company's doing, where you're at, where you've come from, where you're going, and what you're trying to accomplish. You know, for society, which is really exciting. So, wh- where are you? Wh- what's the next kind of business stage? I mean, are you uh, moving into another funding plan, or and, and just as full disclosure, we're not endorsing any funding, or we're just just kind of getting the story out here and hearing hearing what you're up to. Yeah, 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 and. Um, you know, we do plan to continue fundraising. Um, I can't discuss the exact mechanisms, mm-hmm. but you know, it's always an ongoing thing to get to revenue, right? So we plan to, you know, continue to fundraise until we until we hit revenue. 
And then from that point, the company is self-funding, right? The, the revenue pays for new developments and, and everything. Um, so that those announcements will happen later this year. Okay. So stay tuned. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and, if, and if, our, if our listeners want to learn more about Rate and Solar, where can they find you? Our website, uh, ratesonsolar.com. And there's you know, contact information there on, on how to reach us. Okay, great. Excellent. And are there any last comments or the last things you'd like to share with us, kind of, uh, or any teasers or anything you haven't told anybody else that you want to give a special <laughs> scoop to the solar coaster on? Yeah, some teasers. Well, you know, I want to thank the 4,200 people that, that invested in me, invested in our company. I, we wouldn't be here without them. And it, it feels really good to say that you, they own, you know, a particle accelerator. <laughs> That's and, awesome. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy to have created 4,200 owners of a particle accelerator. That's something <laughs> I'm putting on my resume. Beautiful, beautiful. We'll have to uh, get a look at that particle accelerator. Maybe there, it will, I'm sure there's some videos to come about, you know, in the testing and the functioning, right? Maybe on the website we'll see yeah. something like that in the future. Yeah, I mean, there's a picture. Um, you know, we, we plan to have a big opening commissioning party at, at our office in Santa Monica once once we get it. Excellent, excellent. We'll look forward to our invitations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, Andrew, can't thank you enough for coming on the Solar Coaster. Really fascinating. We always love to kind of hear about new approaches and kind of bringing renewable energies into, like, the broader society, right, which I think is what you're doing kind of squarely with this uh, new manufacturing process. We wish you the best of luck. And, uh, we can, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the Solar Coaster with us. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure. All right. All right. We're going to take Excellent. you offline now. Talk to you soon, Andrew. Thanks again. Okay, you got to come on again soon. Okay. Bye now. All right. So, again, there that was uh, Rayton, R-A-Y-T-O-N, solar.com. If you want to learn more about their uh, kind of unique, uh, crazy, let's shoot protons at, at material and see what pops off <laughs> <laughs> manufacturing process. But it sounds like, I mean, they, they could do some amazing stuff with that. You know, it's, it's it, they, the losses are less the um you get more slices out of a particular material and that whole wrapping thing i think i, I wish he talked about that more because that makes so much more sense to me um if, if you can take solar collection ability and wrap a product it doesn't need to be a flat surface it doesn't need to be something that right that is rigid rigid and unmoving um type of type of material which is really cool. In fact, one of one of the small videos they had on online at one point was this little floppy. I think it was actually like a, uh, I'm going to say silicone, not silicon, mm-hmm. um, silicone gel that they had one of these little cells inside, and they were just wiggling it around. It looks like a piece of Jello, yeah. <laughs> and yet it's got a functional photovoltaic cell in it. Which is really funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I love the idea of solar being a part of our lives in a bigger way, right? Rather than it just being, you know, modules Always. on a roof Always. or a, or a or a carport or whatever, and we're talking about, you know, and, and there have been, you know, solar, solar has been used for 30, 40 years in the calculators, for example, or things like that. But we're really talking about expanding that capability into, uh, you know, just a much broader array of products because of, you know, super bump in efficiencies. And like you said, it's, mm-hmm. it's wrappable. Um, you know, I, I can, yeah, I mean, there's just so the many different time. products yeah. that it could. It's not the it first time someone's on. tried that. I mean, you, you've seen the solar 
cell phone cases, right? You do those do exist. It's a case that goes on the outside of your phone that you can you can actually charge on. Usually they come with integrated batteries as well. Uh, the backpacks that have had solar on them for a long time for for outdoorsy folks, they can charge their phone uh, slowly over time as they're hiking around. Um, those types of things have existed, but this is is it's a much more high efficiency and and much that there's so much loss around the outside of those products because mm. they needed to house a rigid regular silicon cell. Well, I mean, I tend to, I mean, from the time that calculators were the, you know, that was the one thing you had, a, you, you still have it, right? With that, the very simple little yep. solar cells got a very minor requirement of charging. But a lot of our devices now, you know, our headsets, our, the mice, you know, the mouse for the, for the, for the, uh, for the computer, for the computer itself, for the phone, for the iPad, all these different things, we're constantly trying to figure out how to get them charged, right? And it becomes yep. a hassle. And I'll tell you what, I got friends of mine, I won't say people that they hate wires, right? All the wires were constantly carrying around us. I hate seeing the wires. It's almost like an emotional, like a distress. Ah, there's wires everywhere. What about speakers, right? Speakers to our, um, to our, 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 you know, audio systems, right? You got those wires going all around the. If you can imagine, if you could eliminate those things at one time in, in the future, right? You actually, you know, and so, so what occurs to me though is that there's two pieces of this conversation, and the future focus that we actually have here is going to go to that second piece. So you got the production side of things, you got the storage side of things, yep. just like you always do in this industry. And so yep. um, we're looking. This is actually more of you. Utility dis, uh, discussion and production, but they. This is what is this green tech uh, media article here for a future focus section, Jay? It's pretty interesting okay, stuff. So future future focus, which you never get to get to, is actually really interesting this week. Uh, inside Form Energy, the star-studded startup tackling the toughest problems in energy storage. The problems they're referring to is, of course, the fact that we can produce a whole lot of renewable solar uh, in a in a solar farm, but then when the sun goes down, you know, there's no more energy coming out. Um, and and that doesn't necessarily match our use curve. Like we come home in the if, when when everybody's at work during the day, we're all kind of centrally located at one place. We go to the office and everybody's there. When everybody just um, disperses and goes back to their homes, um, then all the energy requirements come on. We come home when we turn on the air conditioning, we turn on the TV, we turn on the oven, we're making dinner, whatever it happens to be. That's where the energy spike is. But the sun's going down or has gone down for a lot of folks by then. Um, so what we need to be able to do is shift that production from during the day to later in the day when we need it. And although a lot of people are pointing at lithium technology batteries. Uh, there's this startup out here uh, called Form Energy that is now looking at, at extending that storage. Yeah, and the guys that are involved in it, that's kind of what the hot topic is here, right? You got guys from all the major uh, battery companies or guys that have worked with in, in, in these amazing companies that are, that are here getting together, and they're almost saying, hey, we don't know what the answer is, but we're going to take a shot at it. We know what it doesn't give up, doesn't work, and uh, we're, we're, we, we're, we're going to, what is that great quote they had there? They said, um, because we've done this, the work we've, looking at all the options in the electrochemical set, you can positively prove that almost all of them will not work, uh, one, of the, one of the fellas said. And then he goes on to say, we haven't been able to prove that these won't work, which is their focal point, right? So they're really coming at it from right. the baseline and saying, all right, what is it going to take for us to uh, get the storage that we need to start knocking out these uh, peaker plants and these other types of fossil fuel-based things to be able to really support the, the electric grid? I mean, that seems to be what they're doing. Is that about right? Yeah, exactly. What they they're trying to build what they're calling a bi-directional power plant, which means that it just takes in energy and 
disperses energy uh, when you need it, but not like a generator where we, we learned that the, um, the diesel generators that, that traditional power plants use, uh, they take minutes to spool up. You know, it takes a long time many minutes sometimes um so you can't just immediately pull power from it and what they want is a battery system which is much more like like fractions of a second it can respond and output power or take in power depending on what's available so this is something that like even a cloud comes across and obscures your 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 big solar energy farm uh, for a few minutes the power plant will output power and then when this cloud goes away, the, the solar comes back and it will take that power back in and store it for later use. Uh, but they're looking at something that will um, store no, not not for minutes or even hours, which is what we're typically looking at. We're looking for something like weeks and months. That's what they want to measure this storage. Weeks in. and months and of available weeks power. Weeks and months of available power. So, I mean, if you have a really bad week where it's raining every day, and it does happen. Weeks and <laughs> you know, months. That, that's... Yeah, so at they utility want to be able to store. So we're, we're talking about at uh, utility like, scale. We're talking about basically addressing this, the, the seasonal difference in production, right? As well, right? Because it's like we're able a lot to, of that. Yes, we're able to store weeks and months. I mean, if we get to that kind of a level, um, then yeah, that's 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 just amazing. So what, you know, what I find really exciting about this, you know, the, is that we're just seeing investment in uh, companies, and, and you know, it's, it's with Rayton as well, right? There, there's there's companies out there that are taking these you know giant leaps ahead. To make really significant changes in, 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 in a variety of areas. And the money's out there. People are interested in funding this. That's kind of my, my takeaway yep. on the show, in a sense. It's like there, there are organizations, and, the, and some of the backers, I think they show the backers here, but there's a variety of organizations that are supporting the form. And some of it is actually uh, from the fossil fuel space, I think, right? And there's also some uh, organizations that are dedicated to stopping climate change. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just, it seems like the, the, the will is out there to do really great things in the renewable energy industry. And and that is a positive takeaway. I really love that. Yeah, yeah, that's the message of this show is that it's it's only going to get better as as we go on here. I mean, these are all the guys. It was how they formed this company too is one of those where they could have been competitors, but instead they said, you know what, let's work together and make a bigger, better thing. That's great. That's that, that's what we need to achieve here. Everyone starts to need to work together and uh, and help each other out to get further down the road. Okay, I think we're wrapping up here, gentlemen. So hey, this has been the Solar Coaster. We are a renewable energy themed talk show right here in lovely Maui County. Uh, we are uh, sponsored by Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonin Battery, Pika Energy, and Sundrum Solar. It's been a heck of a show, Jay. Thanks so much. Do appreciate it. Thank you much. Have yeah. a great weekend. <laughs> uh, thanks to Andrew, Jakob, and everybody at Rayton Solar for a great show. Aloha, folks. Aloha Friday. Aloha Friday.